Hello and welcome to the Smart Rebus Podcast, where we explore the emerging trends and strategies in recruitment marketing. I'm your host, Daniel, and I'm here today with Hung Lee, founder of Recruiting Brain Food, one of the most appreciated recruitment newsletters worldwide. We're going to be discussing about the best resources and actionable content that recruiters can learn from today to take their game to the next level. Hung is also going to be telling us about his plans for 2020, what he has in store for us. So I'm inviting you to sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, so Hung, it's an absolute pleasure having you today. Thanks for taking the time to join us and welcome to the podcast. It's absolutely my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So for those of our listeners that don't know you quite yet, um, so you're the CEO of Workshape.io, curator of recruiting brain food, keynote speaker, influencer, and you've been basically for the past like 15 years at the forefront in developing and promoting new ways in which uh, companies can connect the talent. So is there anything else that I missed on pointing out from the amazing work that you're doing? That's an amazing summary, man. I really, I really appreciate it. Uh, some of it Factually, all, all the facts were correct, and some of the uh, the additional stuff are uh, really complimentary. So I appreciate uh, appreciate the kind words. All right, well, well, you deserve it, and again, it's a pleasure having you here. Uh, been following a lot of your work on different uh, uh, social media channels, and talking about your work. Um, I see, and I'm just quickly reading now through the testimonials on your website. So quoting here now, for all of those recruiters out there, I cannot recommend highly enough the wonderful weekly newsletter, Recruiting Brain Food, full of tips, tricks, and consistently great recruitment content. Sign up. So tell us a bit more about the immense value that Recruiting Brain Food currently offers to recruiters uh, all around the globe. You know what? It, it, recruiting brain food is kind of, it started off really as a, as a personal project um, because I, as a recruiter in the industry, encountered a serious problem, um, which was that the, the internet just got too big for us. Um, you know, there's so much content, so much information. Um, everyone can, is getting overwhelmed by it. Uh, I was getting overwhelmed by it. Um, and I realized that, you know what, there was some great stuff out there, but it was so difficult to find in amongst all of that noise. Um, so I started just collecting uh, stuff that I discovered, um, bookmarking it and archiving it away essentially is a little uh, a kind of a thing for myself. So I had you know, a decent reference material on content that I really uh, enjoyed. Um, and then about three years ago, I realized, you know what, I've saved all of this stuff. Why am I keeping it off to myself? Uh, maybe other people have the same problem. And if I, if I was able to share that publicly, um, I'll make that available. Um, so hence recruiting brain food started as a, as a weekly curated newsletter, um, uh, for the recruiting and HR industry. Um, and the idea is I'm going to try and make sure that you only get some amazing content once a week in your inbox on a Sunday, uh, to give you inspiration for the week ahead. Cause we know recruiting is a hard job. <laughs> you know, we know that <laughs> this is, this is not easy. Uh, no matter what people from the outside say, uh, recruiting is one of the toughest jobs. Um, and I wanted to just provide a, a little bit of time and space, uh, for busy recruiters to get inspired, get motivated, maybe pick up some tips and tricks, uh, maybe get better. Uh, let's do that once a week in small doses uh, and give people a bit of a boost. Uh, and that's basically what uh, recruiting brave food is. 
Sure. So thanks for sharing. That's absolutely wonderful because in nowadays world, and I've also heard you talk about it in one of your keynotes this year um, about something really important, right? Recruiters and skill diversification. Mm. So be it uh, either audience building or community management or even becoming a strong evangelist, right? Recruiters today just need to uh, look at developing and nurturing a new set of skills, right? So two questions for you here. One, why do you believe this is happening? And two, um, how do you um, think that recruiters find in your uh, newsletter, um, or which, which are the topics that they find in your newsletter, the most valuable for them to later on pick it up and develop these new skills? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the diversification of the skill set that recruiters have is, is critical. Um, and I think at a slightly higher level, it's super important for the, at a departmental level, um, for companies to have a multidisciplinary teams within, uh, within their talent acquisition functions. Um, the reason why I think this is important is simply, um, we need to be very sensitive to the technology trends that, uh, that are, that are happening. Uh, we can see them from far away. It's no mystery. Um, uh, you know, we can see that a lot of the things that recruiters are currently doing, um, is, uh, what would be described, I think is low cognitive skill. Um, so in other words, repetitive stuff, uh, that doesn't take a lot of mental, uh, uh, intelligence, uh, shall we say, um, however, it takes a lot of time and we're spending time doing it. Um, and if anybody audits what you currently do in a day, um, what kind of tasks are you spending time on? Um, I think recruiters are spending way too much time on low cognitive stuff. Um, and that's the stuff that's going to get automated away. Uh, simply put, uh, we need to be sensitive to, uh, you know, this, uh, uh, transformatory impact, um, that artificial intelligence and automation is going to have in the world of work. We should know this. We're recruiters. Um, you know, we're recruiting uh, engineers that are help building this type of technology. So we should, we've got no excuses not to know this. Um, and yet we're spending a huge amount of time doing things like, uh, sourcing for candidates. That's a mechanical job, um, uh, automatable, or we're scheduling for interviews or coordinating feedback. Uh, that is a uh, low cognitive uh, skill. It's central. We spend time doing it, but you know what? That's going to be automated. So I think it's very important for recruiters to be cognizant of that um, and proactively uh, think about how they can move up the value chain. Um, I think this needs to come from the individual recruiter, uh, and it also needs to come from the you know the heads of department if they have the foresight to see it. Um, but neither, neither, neither one of those can rely on the other. I think we have to be self, uh, activated in this. Um, in answering to your, to your second question, Dan, um, uh, you mentioned about, uh, uh, what are the topics that, uh, recruiters tend to click on, um, on, uh, yeah. recruiting brain food. I do try to provide a breadth of, 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 of content there. So everyone, uh, gets a different kind of angle on the industry. Um, the truth is, you know, a, a lot of recruiters are still, um, are clicking on the operational how to stuff, um, which is valuable, um, uh, on, on the day to day. Um, but it tells me a little bit that they, um, are a little bit too tactically, tactically focused still. Um, and they're not thinking, um, as strategically as perhaps we need to, that's not a commentary on, on their, uh, on their character or uh, their maturity. It's simply a commentary on, on the lack of time that recruiters have. 
Um, and, uh, and, and one of the challenges I think we, we have, uh, internally is to try and argue for more time, uh, more time to think more time to experiment, more time to upskill, um, and not always be locked away, um, into, you know, operational, uh, delivery, um, because that's the way surefire, uh, that's a huge red flag, uh, for us, uh, uh as an industry, uh, as a group of people, if we, uh, unable to find time uh, to learn what the, uh, the new skills uh, that we need to have in, in the near future. Absolutely. And I absolutely agree because this is something that pops up in many of my conversations that I have with recruiters. And uh, yes, it takes a lot of their time, the operational part. It takes them away from actually what matters the most, right? And that is the candidates, that is their their uh, talent, their discussions, engaging with them. Um, and the things that you mentioned, audience building, community management, and uh, becoming strong event. So besides these uh, challenges, is there anything else in particular that stands out from your conversations on a daily basis with, uh, with your um, When you say stand out, um, do you mean uh, what, uh, what I think people should be thinking about or, or what they are kind of focusing on? So uh, let's let's look from uh, both perspectives because that that that's a very good point. So both from what you should think they they should be doing, but also what they uh, what they're most um, let's say what they say the biggest of their needs is today. Yeah. So let's do the reverse side of it. Um, I mean, there's no question that sourcing candidates, candidate discovery, is still the preeminent concern for recruiters. Um, uh, that is as far as I see it from. Uh, uh, the uh, behavior of the readers of the, the recruiting brain food. So, uh, you know, there's 18,000 people on the, on the subscriber list. Um, uh, I can see um, what types of content tends to be more heavily consumed. Um, and it is, how do I find the candidate still? So um, that tells me that uh, a, a lot of recruiters uh, still feel the operational pressure um, we can't find the candidates. Uh, we can argue whether there is such a thing as a talent shortage. I, I happen to believe that there is. Um, uh, and they, uh, you know, the, the, they can't find the candidates to fill their pipelines. Therefore, they're clicking on content that I share uh, that will help them do that. Um, now, I would argue that recruiters have a, a, a kind of a very tough choice to make. Um, they either continue to, uh, focus on the sourcing side. Sourcing as an activity is basically human beings going into the internet, uh, accessing what is an inefficient online system and bringing back some information, um, that could give them a clue whether that's a candidate or not. That's typically what sourcing is. Um, uh, we can continue to do that. Um, or uh, we can shift the paradigm and think about how to attract information to us rather than go out and scraping it and grabbing it. How do you draw information to you voluntarily? Uh, and this is the audience building, community building stuff that, uh, that, I, that I tend to talk about uh, because I think that ultimately uh, is a, a more future-proof way um, to solve the problem of finding candidates. Um, it's uh, a different way of thinking about it. Um, it's not trying to, you know, do clever hacks. Um, uh, it's not trying to, uh, identify people, um, uh, and then, you know, hit them with a clever email. Um, it's trying to build sort of, uh, an audience, getting people to voluntarily pay attention, 
uh, to the message you have. Um, and if you can achieve that, um, then you're actually in a much stronger position uh, compared to your competition uh, because that individual will open your email. Um, you know, that person will respond to your message uh, because they've already trusted you with their attention. Um, now, this is kind of a medium to long-term play compared to sourcing, which is a short-term play. Um, and part of the problems I think we have as a as a group of people is that we're often given very short timeframes in terms of deliverables. Um, uh, and and we, we often... Uh, are enabled because of internal pressures uh, to go ahead and build uh, uh, your network value or build an audience or build a community um, because the, the payoff for all of that stuff is six, 12 months, you know, even a couple of years down the line. Um, so there's a big tension um, between uh, the operational needs today um, and the essential needs for us tomorrow. Um, I would simply encourage uh, recruiters, uh, TA folks to, to, to think a little bit more selfishly, perhaps, um, and think, okay, what does uh, my world look like in 12 months' time, 18 months' time? Um, am I still going to be doing the same old sourcing stuff, um, or do I want to be in a position where actually um, I've got the ability to communicate to a large audience uh, from which I may recruit um, and, and, and kind of take steps to, to get in that direction? Because I, I, I do believe uh, that it's much more future-proofed against uh, the competition, but also against automation and AI and all the rest of it. Absolutely. And that is an absolutely valid point because yes, I too consider that this is a long run game, mid to long run game. Um, and yes, you made a very bad, valid point with those uh, tensions that are currently in um, balancing these kind of, uh, of initiatives. And I know that you uh, also run the workshape that uh, you also run workshape.io. And is this, is this something that you're you have also implemented with uh, um, with this company when it comes to helping um, other companies find their the right tech candidates. You know what, Dan? It's actually, now that I look reflect back on all of these projects, I realize that I'm trying to solve the same problem in, in different ways. Um, right. so, so, Workshape was also a noise a signal to noise problem. Um, uh, you know, and the, the issue there was simply that. Um, uh, software engineers in particular, that's the target audience for, for Workshape. Um, they uh, were overwhelmed by recruiter messaging, you know, overwhelmed by recruiters uh, trying to get their attention. Um, and uh, so much so that uh, it became impossible for them to, to, to identify uh, what was a relevant message or not. It was simply just a, a wall uh, of, of, uh, of, of marketing coming at them. Um, and the response that they had uh, was understandably to just withdraw. Um, uh, you know, if you if you go on LinkedIn now um, and, and just search for, you know, just type it in the phrase, you know, recruiters, please don't call me, something like that. And you're you're going to get like pages upon pages of mainly software people, uh, literally graf graffitiing their profiles and, and and saying, you know, please don't contact me. Um, you know, and you've got to think, what, 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 what is causing this person to actually do that? Um, and it's, of course, the person's getting 5, 10, 15 messages per day. He can't use that system anymore. Um, so what Workshape is designed to do is to try and reduce or even eliminate the noise. Um, and the way we do that is create a private marketplace uh, where software engineers can enter, save from search. It cannot be searched. 
we also don't allow search engines to crawl it. Um, so it can't even be scraped, but it can be, but it's, it's a lot diff- more difficult to do so. Um, and it can't be aggregated as a result of not being uh, on a search engine. Um, and the concept is, look, if you're a software engineer, you can trust us with your information. Um, we, we're just going to collect uh, information about what it is that you aspire to do. Um, we'll visualize that. Um, using the workshape. Um, a workshape basically is a, a visual description over time over tasks. So how much time do you want to spend doing these, this activity compared to that activity? Um, and what we're going to do is simply match you uh, to an employer that has a job that is compatible to that. Um, and it's only if uh, that employer satisfies your aspirations uh, do we make the match uh, and allow communication to take place. Um, so... In, 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 in some respects, in many respects, it's, it's again, dealing with the noise issue. Um, the internet's getting too big, too noisy. How do we solve it? How, uh, people still care about the signal. Um, uh, you know, software engineers do care about job discovery. They do care about their careers. Um, uh, they just are so afraid to signal it publicly because they know what will happen if they did that. Um, they'll just, you know, get an avalanche of recruitment messaging. Um, so what Workshape is trying to do is to solve that particular problem. Uh, can we take the signal and can we make sure it goes to the right organizations and then you, you might transform the sort of relationship and conversations those two parties might have. Love it. It makes a ton of sense, especially in the given context, especially uh, given the uh, the profiles, right? The candidate profile that we're, we're talking about. Um, and yeah, I think you're doing a wonderful uh, job with that as well. And because we promised our listeners to actually take a look at what's going to, um, what you have in store for them for 2020, tell us a bit about, let's say, your New Year's resolution. Do you have any big plans or changing either with recruiting brain food or uh, worksheet? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I tend not to have it like, overly strategic plans. Um, I mean, it's probably one of my major weaknesses, but at the same time, I like to think weaknesses can also be strengths. Um, so, uh, I think the mission is clear. Um, with, with things like recruiting brain food, I, I can see there's a huge appetite for, for the idea of, of getting more curation in there. Um, so one thing that I see that is true is, uh, there's, there's kind of a rise of this creator, curator class of people, if you like, um, you know, individuals that don't necessarily, uh, uh create content. Um, uh, you know, you're not contra- I'm not creating any original content really. All I'm doing is really aggregating stuff, uh, but then you're manually choosing it, um, and not algorithmically choosing it. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of, a uh, lot of value to that. So, uh, the mission on brain food is exactly that. Let's keep going with it. Um, I, I want to make sure that there's more people from different parts of, uh, uh, the world that are aware of it. Um, uh, it's part of the reason why it's fantastic to come on to your show as well, because, you know, overwhelmingly, cause I'm based in the UK, uh, people in the UK, uh, are more familiar with it than other parts of the world. Um, but, um, one of the things I've learned through, you know, visiting different places, um, uh, uh, is that there are some universal challenges that confront all of us in recruiting. Um, uh, you know, uh, and there's, there's often, uh, there's so much talent and capability in all of these different places. Um, that I think it would be, it'd be great if they knew that, uh, and they knew that there was other places uh, on the planet that also had. Uh, 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 these types of challenges. So 
you know, one of the, the best things that happened to me this year was traveling to places I'd never thought I'd go to. Uh, you know, I was in Armenia for three days uh, earlier this year. Um, I went to Kiev for four days. I went to, you know, places like uh, Perth, Australia, you know, I never thought I'd go Western Australia. All of those places have recruited communities. All of those places have got great talented people. Um, uh, they've also got fantastic stories, um, of, of some great recruitment projects. Um, but then there's like, everyone feels a little bit less lacking in confidence because uh, they always think someone else is ahead. Um, and one of the, one of the universal things I found was exactly this. No one is really that far ahead. Um, if at all, you know, there's pockets of excellence everywhere, uh, in, in the same way there's pockets of mediocrity everywhere. Um, but the certain places tend to have, uh, a lack of confidence, um, because they always perceive, oh, you know, New York is always, or San Francisco is always ahead or London is always ahead. Um, I can say that's generally not the case. Um, uh, you know, um, and part of, I think my responsibility, uh, because, you know, brain food has turned into a, a, a global distribution. Part of the thing that I can do is, is to, is to uh, take those stories and, uh, uh, internationally and say, you know what, um, uh, you know, you should be proud of what you can do here, what you have done here. Um, because you've got a bunch of talent, um, and you're doing some fantastic stuff. Um, and there's no reason to think, uh, that you're behind anybody. Um, so I think that message needs to be, needs to be embedded, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in a lot of places, but especially the ones, uh, that uh, people might not typically think of as, you know, a, a place where great recruitment stuff can happen. Oh, absolutely. And, um, one other thing that I would really say it's going to be awesome for our listeners to actually give a, have a taste of is, um, your experience and the, the, the long tour that you had, as mentioned through Australia, Eastern Europe, and Asia. Unfortunately for this podcast, uh, there's not enough time to cover that, but if you could please share with us some final thoughts for our audience, for our listeners, um, so that they can, uh, they can have, let's say, if there was one thing that they should remember and they should get from this podcast, what would that be? Um, I would say that it is super important to learn from podcasts like this, um, not only on the content, but what the podcast is trying to do. Um, it's trying to create an audience. Um, you're paying attention. If you're listening to this podcast now, you have donated your attention to this podcast. Um, now, as a recruiter, have a think about that. Um, if, if you're fighting for attention from candidates, um, if they're not responding to you, they're not getting back to you, you're getting kind of spam reports and all the rest of it and your messaging, have a think as to how you as an individual are allocating your attention. Um, and can you adopt some of those ideas into uh, the way in which you interact with candidates? Awesome. So, Hung, thank you so, so much. You've spoken, I believe, to uh, many of our hearts. Um, thanks again for joining. It was a pleasure having you here and looking forward for our next episode where you can, uh, you can, we can discuss more about your, uh, your experience and share more with the community. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, everyone, for listening. joining us for this episode of the smart dreamers podcast hope you enjoyed and for more insights and resources make sure to visit us at smartdreamers.com or check out our blog at smartdreamers.com forward slash blog see you next time